String theory proposes that the fundamental building blocks of the universe are not particles, but rather tiny one-dimensional strings that vibrate at different frequencies. They can vibrate in different patterns, giving rise to the various particles and forces that make up our universe. Nikola Tesla once said, quote, If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency and vibration. Unquote. What string theory fundamentally proposes is similar to what we understand for digital information, but instead of bits, it is the frequency of energy that creates reality. reality. Instead of pixels, it is what we call fundamental particles, but in reality these so-called particles are just vibrating energy. Their mass and solidness is just a byproduct of what the frequency is telling them to be. And underlying all that is consciousness, the real force of life. We could say that reality is just a massive stream of information interacting with conscious beings. This is one of the reasons it is believed that we live in the matrix. But often this idea has negative connotations of being imprisoned. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Information is all around us, in the form of light, sound, temperature, smells, chemical reactions, feelings, intuition. Using information is the only way we have to perceive the world around us. Whoever controls information will control our perception, although our perception ultimately depends on us. But it is malleable. Governments can steer your perception to make you believe in whatever they need you to believe according to their agendas. And you wouldn't notice because you'll firmly believe that it is your own idea. There is also an occult reason why those in the top 1% want to control your perception, feeding you with certain disinformation. As I've mentioned before, your perception of things creates your reality. In other words, you create your reality around you all the time. It is the same thing as the law of attraction. You attract people that think alike. You attract or create the events that happen in your life. And you contribute to the collective creation in the same way. A clear example of this are the mass meditation experiments done several times, some of them conducted in the 70s and 80s in various cities and countries around the world, including Washington DC, London, Rome and Israel. These experiments were designed to test the hypothesis that a critical mass of people meditating simultaneously could reduce crime rates and other negative social indicators. An experiment conducted during the peak of the Israel-Lebanon war in the 1980s found that on days when the number of meditators were largest, levels of conflict were markedly reduced by about 80%. Moreover, the quality of life in Israel improved, as indicated by reduced crime, auto accidents and fires, a rise in the national stock market and improved national mood. By 1993, 50 different scientific studies had demonstrated this same effect, some in a global scale, reducing terrorist acts by 72%, meaning that people that would normally commit a terrorist attack were profoundly and positively affected by people who were meditating. This, of course, without the terrorists knowing about it. Of course, these results, even though were published in scientific journals and show mathematical scientific evidence of these studies, 
still generated debate in the scientific community. For the elite to keep control and power, part of their plan is to use this collective creational power of the masses and use it for their benefit, while using mainstream media, science and religions to suppress, deny and ridicule this occult knowledge of the nature of reality. That's why information is of the most importance. Remember that knowledge is power. Who has the knowledge has the power. Welcome to Astra Podcast, Beyond Possibilities. My name is Joy and I'm the messenger. This is episode 9, Information. And talking about information, remember to use your own discernment when listening to this podcast. Maybe not all the information resonates with you, in which case I'll encourage you to simply disregard anything that does not serve you in any positive way, and always make your own research and conclusions. Remember to exercise your free will. And if you don't believe in free will, that's fine as well. You're still welcome. In this episode, we'll discuss the concept of information and how gaining a deeper understanding of it can help us improve our understanding of ourselves, our relationships, and the world around us. Starting from the basics, what is information? In general terms, information is a set of facts, data, ideas, instructions, or knowledge that communicates useful details or understanding from one mind to another. Information can be subjective, meaning that it is based on someone's personal perspective or interpretation, or it can be objective, meaning that it is based on verifiable evidence or facts. We can use the DIKW hierarchy or pyramid, which is used for understanding how information is organized and how it can be used effectively. The acronym DIKW stands for Data, Information, Knowledge, and Wisdom, which are the four levels of the pyramid. In this model, the most elemental part is the data. Data can be obtained in many different ways from a huge number of sources. Like in a digital file, a zero or a one is a bit. Next in this digital hierarchy is the byte, a collection of eight bits. A byte can store a symbol. For example, the letter A is represented with 01000001. These eight digits, which are at the same time eight bits or a byte, is read by a computer system and will display the letter A. But only the letter A won't be enough to communicate complex messages, and that's when the next element of the DAKW system comes in. Information. Using the digital system previously explained, to create the word hello will require at least 5 bytes, which is the number of characters in that word. If each byte contains 8 bits, our message is now 40 bits long, only containing zeros and ones. This structure has now become a piece of information using the data. Information is data that has been organized, structured, and contextualized in a way that makes it more meaningful and useful. At this level, now a human or any other conscious and intelligent creature can read this message. But we need to digest this information further to have more context and give more meaning to it. So, we use the next element of interpretation. Knowledge. 
Here is where information has been analyzed, interpreted, and integrated with prior experiences and understanding. Knowledge is more complex and nuanced than raw data or information, and it is often used to inform decision-making or problem-solving. In this step, someone who reads our little message acknowledges it and integrates it into the circumstances to make proper meaning of it, or the final interpretation. It depends on the context and on the receiver being able to read and understand the message. But we can take this to the last element of our DIKW system. Wisdom. Wisdom. The highest level of the DIKW hierarchy. Wisdom represents a deep understanding and insight that is gained through experience, reflection, and self-awareness. Wisdom is often characterized by a holistic, contextual perspective and the ability to apply knowledge in a practical and ethical way. To summarize this explanation, we have data, which can be represented by loose pieces of a puzzle. They won't make any sense by themselves or arranged randomly. Then we have information, that can be represented by sections of this puzzle already shaping the final image. Then we have knowledge, which is the completion of the puzzle entirely, revealing the image clearly. And finally we have wisdom, which we could compare to the feelings the image from the puzzle might generate to the observer, or any deeper meaning that it might have beyond just the picture. But remember, that in each of these levels, it always depends on the observer. It needs to mean something to the entity receiving the information. The entity needs to be interested or at least interact with the information in some way. Information by itself won't do anything. The goal of the information is the transmission of ideas, experiences and knowledge from one living being to another. Good. Now you understand the basics about information. Let's talk about the perception of information. In my opinion, we could say that information is what builds our reality. Every electron, proton, and other fundamental quote-unquote particles are just vibrations, energy, data. It is existence represented in this reality. Light, energy, love, sound. All of it is a stream of data. And I'm using the word data as defined in the previous explanation. I'm not referring to the digital computer data, although they are very similar. Do you remember the Mandelbrot set? A mathematical graphical representation of a simple equation that generates an impressive shape that upon zooming in closer and closer seems to have infinite intricate shapes, including the original shape itself within it. Why do I mention this Mandelbrot set? Although it is a two-dimensional mathematical equation represented graphically, it shows how simple things create the most complex and rich things, at the same time creating more copies of itself inside itself and growing infinitely. This is very similar to what the universe is. Following the same idea, probably the universe is contained inside something even greater, but of course that would blow our minds. So going back to perception, there are several levels of perception and there is also interpretation. Physically, we are tuned to perceive a small band of electromagnetic frequencies in the form of radiation, light, and heat. And there is also sound. To see, hear, or feel in any way outside of that spectrum, we need special tools, which is what scientists use to measure. But in a normal day, you rely on your five senses to perceive the limited band of reality. 
And also, our interpretation is another filter that will affect our decision-making. When you are aware of this fact, just by being aware of it, you immediately have a different perspective of things. Knowing your own limitations is a very good piece of information. See, our physical body can only exist within a limited range of frequency of this reality, but our true being is not limited. When we try to make sense of things that we compare with the way we perceive our reality, nothing will make sense. It's like trying to tune a television signal into a radio. Firstly, both systems operate at very different frequencies. Secondly, even if we could manage to tune a radio to a television signal, we would only hear things and not see the image transmitted. In this analogy, our brain and body complex is the radio. So, when scientists try to find explanations to miracles, metaphysical phenomena or similar events, they get confused, because they're trying to tune a television signal into their radios. What do you know? I'm pretty sure that you have reached a time in your life when you learn about a topic, let's say photography or music for example, and you reach the point in which you feel very confident because you have learned a lot. So you think you don't need to learn more or maybe just a little bit to become a master. When suddenly your knowledge is challenged and you realize that you have a lot more to learn. And in the process of becoming knowledgeable, you actually realize that you didn't know much about the topic in the first place. And when you thought you knew about 80% of all there was to learn about it, now you can clearly see that you only know about 5% overall about the topic. It makes sense when the Greek philosopher Socrates said, quote, I know that I know nothing, unquote. It's only natural that after years of studying and researching any particular matter, we feel comfortable to reach the conclusions. But compared to the infinite universe and acknowledging it, we just understand that we don't actually know anything for certain. As above, so below. Black implies white. Existence implies non-existence. And knowledge implies ignorance. So what's the point of learning if it seems to be an impossible task to understand the infinite universe? Well, this question implies the opposite question as well. What's the point of being an ignorant if it seems to be a possible task to understand the infinite universe? Or something along those lines. This is the nature of duality. You can choose the question you like the most. After all, it's a matter of perception. Subjective and tailored for each of us. So going back to the question, what's the point to learn anything in this infinite universe? The answer to that question, in my opinion, would be Indeed, it seems impossible for our limited point of view to discover all the secrets of the universe. But, if you remember right, we are not this body. This body will serve us only for one cycle, a limited period of time. We are made from the same components the universe is made out of. This means that we are all as infinite as the universe is. The point of all this experience is not to know everything, although it might be perfectly possible, but to enjoy the process of learning. It's a dance. It's music. You don't rush music to arrive to the ending chord and say that you now know the song. You just play the song and enjoy it. That's what the universe is. A giant concert of music. So, I guess the point of all this is to enjoy. And having the right knowledge makes you able to enjoy life more. But having the wrong knowledge will make your life miserable. Which brings us to the next point in this episode.
misinformation, and disinformation. We all want to know the truth, or at least we all believe we know the truth, and we fight other people defending our position, our beliefs, except that most of the times what we believe in is not true, and we fight, kill, destroy, and die for that, because we were convinced of something. Alan Watts and probably many other people have said, quote, everybody go to war believing they're right, unquote. So you have to be very careful with the information you get. Some of it can be misinformation or disinformation. Misinformation, with an M, is false information that spreads because people believe it, but without the intention of misleading other people. And disinformation, with a D, is intentional misleading and false information, which is often what governments and elites will use to communicate to people. Now you know your power to create and affect reality which has been scientifically demonstrated in many different experiments, not only in the meditation ones already mentioned in this episode, but others relating quantum physics, remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, and much more. Knowing all this, how would you like to proceed in your life? Would you like to keep a life of remorse, guilt, hate, fear, and other non-sensual energies without knowledge? Or would you prefer to have the ability to let go, love, learn, teach, and grow? A life where information flows harmoniously with you and you turn it into knowledge and wisdom. Of course, it is easier said than done. We all have our own shadows to deal with. I sometimes find it tremendously hard to do some of the things I talk about in this podcast. Remember that I'm just a messenger of this wisdom. But when applying this in my own life, it is not that easy. But I never give up. And remember that there are no fundamental right or wrong answers. Some of us will need to experience hate, guilt, disinformation, and other distortions to grow. That is part of the infinite possibilities, and in fact, it is part of the process, as it is learning to accept and let go. Indoctrination. This topic, along with education, deserves an entire episode for itself but because it's also considered information, we must mention it here. The definition of indoctrination is, quote, the process of teaching a person or a group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically, unquote. Well, this sounds exactly how I remember being in school and high school, and the rest of my life in any institution I learned something. With the exception of a few times I remember my life as a student has been indoctrinated disguised as preparing us to be an educated and functional member of society. I know that this word is reserved for more authoritarian and extremist type of indoctrinations, but in reality I remember going to school or high school and sitting down to hear and learn whatever the teacher, who was the authority in the classroom, had to say. 98% of the time there was no debate, critical thinking or encouragement to think for ourselves. The other 2% of the time was refreshing moments where some of the teachers seemed to understand that they were teaching people. People who, like them, also had dreams, imperfections and different vocations. If education was really preparing us to be functional members of society, why did they not teach us how money works and how to manage it? Or even simple things like how to cook healthy food, how to learn, is a big one. Probably in some places they teach these things, but in the vast majority of the planet, education is outdated. 
it could be optimized at least 40%. This is not a real figure, but to visualize what I believe is the many deficiencies the education system have. And this 40% would mean that whatever our children learn in school today, they can learn it 40% better, or have 40% more free time to learn other skills. If you wanted to control a population, the best place to start is with children. That would be the best investment for the future if you wanted to keep control of everything. I sometimes say, don't believe everything you learn in school. And what I mean by that is to think for yourself, to question the beliefs, see how it engages with the bigger picture. By no means I'm trying to say, don't learn how to read or mathematics or anything like that. And the same way I say that about schools, I also say it for this podcast, YouTube video or any source of information. I'm not saying you should not listen to it, watch it or read it. I'm just saying you should always have to make your own opinions while respecting others. The following is the voice of Daryl Anka, channeling the teachings of an entity known as Bashar. Everything is here and now. Everything is all connected. It's not a particular place you have to go. It can be accessed from anywhere, anywhere, anytime. It's just the idea that all information never goes away. It's all here and now. It cannot be destroyed. It cannot cease to exist. So if you are the frequency of a particular piece of information, that's the kind of information that will, so to speak, pop into your awareness. Because information is accessible from anywhere, anytime, any place. We recommend our listeners to listen to the episodes 4, 5, and 6, in which we talk about free will, placebo effect, the power of the mind, and reality which are topics closely related to this episode. Today's recommendation is the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeon, a book about what's essential in your life, both personal and professional. It does not focus in the spiritual side of things, but it will help you a lot organizing your priorities. You'll find an affiliate link to Amazon in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode of Astra Podcast Beyond Possibilities, consider rating the show and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. I would really appreciate it. If you want to support the show on Patreon, you can do so to have access to ad-free episodes and behind the scenes of the making of this podcast. Also check out our YouTube channel under the name Beyond Possibilities. Visit astrapodcast.com for more information. Thank you for listening and thank you for existing.